any worthwhile evolution that we go through as humans, business owners, it's not easy. It's, it's hard because you're pushing yourself into uncomfortable territory. I mean, that's essentially what evolution is. Hey there, welcome to the Idea Revolution podcast podcast for post-startup entrepreneurs who are seeking to break out of the drone, the same old tired ideas, and dive into some truly creative thinking about their business. I'm Rick Thomas, and this morning I'm very pleased to introduce our guest podcaster with me this morning, Don Diamond, co-founder of the Core Physical Therapy here in Portland, Oregon. Good morning, Don. Good morning. So Don just told me right before we started that he just got out of a PT session for an ankle injury, so he's feeling a little winged but still up for the interview. Yes, so, yes, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I have to, it gives me a little bit more empathy for patients when you actually <laughs> go through it yourself. That's right. You know, sometimes you have to be the patient to really be the doctor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, that's one, one of the things I recommend to most entrepreneurs is like get in the trenches and actually see how it feels because you actually get a lot cool, of insights that cool. way. Well, well, we'll get there. Uh, like I said, I'm very excited to have you on as a guest, and we had talked about this a while back because you've had a very interesting experience in, in starting the core and now having had a recent exit in the business. But before we get there, give us a little snapshot of your background, you know, how you got into PT and, and how you ended up starting the core. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, you know, I've been a PT now for almost 20 years, um, came out of school in 1998, and it was amazing in 1998, the political climate at that point in terms of healthcare, because um, the government had just passed the Balanced Budget Act. And with that, everybody was concerned about cuts and reimbursement, especially with Medicare. So nobody was hiring anybody, especially in terms of outpatient physical therapy. So it actually took me eight months to find a job that I wanted um, and that fit with and basically outpatient orthopedics and sports medicine. So I ended up starting in the Rehab Institute of Chicago, um, which is one of the top hospitals, rehab hospitals in the nation the last 25 years, I think it's been. But they were really big on education. So that's one of the ways that set the foundation for me in terms of what I valued being a physical therapist. But fast forward to about 2000 and eight, again, there was a significant change within our uh, economy at that point that did affect healthcare because we ended up with this recession that started to unwind itself. So at that point there, I was working for a large um, physical therapy provider um, who had recently gone through an acquisition themselves, and it didn't quite jive with my values at that point. So what I decided to do um, with a former patient of mine who had a business background, we decided to open up the core, and that was in 2009. So you mentioned something that I wanted to pick up on. When when you got out of school, did did you ever think you'd be a business owner? No. I mean, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I remember we had a little bit of a business <laughs> class, and I'm like, no. Nah, my dream was to be the best possible physical therapist um, right. that I could. And But as you go through, I guess, after about 10 years in the business or so, or not even 10 years, I mean, that was, that was about eight years or so, I just realized that there was something I wanted to provide that I didn't think was being provided in the market, and I had a passion for it. And I remember at that point when I left that former company, they told me they basically would give me anything that I wanted, and I said, no, I just have to do this myself. I have to find out if I can do this. If I fall on my own sword, I do. But if I never do this, I think I'll always regret it. 
And the nice thing is, is about right. being a physical therapist, if I would have failed and fallen flat on my face, there would have been some sort of job for me to return back to. You know, it's when you're married, I had a young child at that point, you know, you're putting your family on the line a little bit, and but it's something we really agreed on. And we felt strongly about what we wanted to provide to the uh, to the patients. I'll pull a thread on, on something else you mentioned. So at the time, you said you were working for a large firm and and you weren't really aligned with kind of what they were about. And, and you didn't want to be a part of that. At what point did it switch from something that you didn't want to be a part of to something that you began envisioning that you could like create? Describe that transition a little bit. I think it was... It was along the lines in terms of this particular company was owned by a much larger company that was run by therapists. And so there was a lot of alignment there. But then they ended up, that bigger company sold them to a PE firm that really brought in a bunch of bean counters and it wasn't run by therapists anymore. And so it all came down to the numbers. And so at that point there, when it came down to the numbers, I felt like that there was a, a loss to what was being provided to the patient. But just having that happen isn't enough for someone to go into their own business. And so you start to realize that people really like what we're doing and there's a market. I feel passionate about what we termed as saving the athlete, helping people reach their potential. And that just started to dig into me a little bit. Like I didn't feel like I could do that anymore. That's not why I got into PT. And so like I said, my former a former patient of mine, we started talking a little bit and I realized with me on the clinical operations and him on he on the business operations that we actually could do something pretty special together. And that process took probably somewhere around six months to eight months to really like going from the point of where it's just that seed to where it's like, I'm actually going to do this. So you guys are getting together a lot over beers or coffee or whatever and you, you start to talk about what it can be. And and as it began to materialize, I mean, what really began to be the focus of what you guys could do with the core? Well, we wanted to provide something to where, one, people were treated in the sense of what the true cause was. A lot of times our healthcare is set up in terms of treating a symptom. You have knee pain, oh, let's treat the knee. But actually, there's the ankle, there's the hip, there's the core, there's a lot of other things that go into it. So, that was one of the main components. The other component was, is our initial vision was to have a place that was a one-stop shop for active patients. So we would have massage therapy, we'd have nutrition services, we would have the physical therapy, obviously, um, and we would all be working together in terms of getting this patient to reach their goal, what drove them. Um, so that's where we thought we could differentiate ourselves a little bit. And so as we went yeah. through the process, and then it just started to fall into it. And so we brought on the nutrition and massage therapy as independent contractors, and then we had the physical therapy component, and we really strived for all of us to work together. Very cool. So say a little bit about the guiding principles, and, and you kind of mentioned that just a bit ago in terms of those three principles that really kind of came out and, and were articulated for the core and tell me about how those drove either your decision-making or the behaviors uh, within the business. Well, when we first opened up the, uh, the core, you know, our tagline was saving the athlete. We wanted to have something that we could strive to but never quite reach. And that was what it was for about the first three years or so. Um, and then after, you know, you're a smaller company, you have more employees and you're growing, 
you know, I, ha- I happened to read this book called The Advantage and went through it. And they talked about like, what really are you providing? What are you really doing? What is the purpose of your business? And then what are some of the behaviors that, can, that feed into that? So that forced us, you know, it was myself, my business partner, and our senior le- leadership team, we delved into that. And what we realized was the saving the athlete really was what we really wanted to do was to help people achieve their potential. And it was both patients and our employees. And the way we realized that we could get there, we had three behaviors that we subscribed to that we would go to the mat for. And the first one was evolve. So we wanted people, bring people on board that were always willing to evolve. You were never good with the status quo. You were never good with the education you have. You always wanted to strive to be better. The second one was step up and be the solution. If you see a problem, be the solution. Be the solution for your patient. Be the solution for your coworker or for your employee. And then the third one was teamwork. We wanted to make sure that people really collaborate and work together. So those are the behaviors that we had that permeated through the organization. Um, and then People that worked with us, that's what permeate, hopefully we permeated through within that. Because healthcare is very disjointed, especially when you have a private practice, you're not part of a larger hospital system. So right. I think we have to work harder in order to be able to really get that collaboration. So we want to make sure we had people that had those behaviors. So let's talk about Evolve. And in, in particular, if, if you look at uh, where you were at as a PT entering, entering your practice at the startup and your evolution as not just a healthcare provider, but your evolution as a business owner now and an entrepreneur, a place you never thought you'd be. What, what were some of those steps along the way that really stood out for you? In particular, talk about the experience. Was it hard? Was it easy? Uh, what were some of those you know, kind of key inflection points for you? Well, I think you know, any worthwhile evolution that we go through as humans, business owners, it's not easy. It's, it's hard because you're pushing yourself into uncomfortable territory. I mean, that's essentially what evolution is. So for me, I went from a practitioner who had an interest in business, who always had an interest in leadership to where I actually had to take on more of that. So taking courses, um, reading lots of books, um, really having a passion for not only now am I helping patients, but I want to help develop leaders within the company. So going through that, it wasn't hard, hard, I think, because I had a passion for it, and that's what I wanted to strive for. But it was funny. My business partner talked about he was on the business side. I was on the clinical side, and we both learned from each other also, so we ended up more in the middle along those lines too. So it's, it's tough. But I think it's worthwhile if you have the passion to do it. It's not as hard as you think it is. So, so it, in particular, around the hard parts, were there any big face plants where it was like, out, that really hurt, I need to back up and go a different direction? Yeah, I think one of the things is, I think any small business struggles with is like you want growth, but if you have too much growth and you're not prepared for it, then the business can suffer. And so there was a period where we were really starting to um, grow. But what you want to do is make sure you didn't dilute your talent. You want to make sure you're providing the same service. And we came to a realization that we had to take a step back and we had to really focus on making sure that we we're bringing in the proper human resources, making sure we we're bringing in the right foundation for our patients because we no longer were just a small private practice. We were a business and we had to make sure that we provided what we, what should have been provided for the employees a little bit sooner, but that clarity in terms of expectations. 
um, actually having legit human resources that can be provided for them so that we then have a system in place that then we can leverage and build off of. And so we face planted a little bit because we started to grow too quickly without having the foundation that we look back now that we maybe should have provided a little bit sooner. So yeah. you learn from that, provide the foundation for the employees, and then I think that allowed us to grow even more. Were there any warning signs that in retrospect it's like, okay, I probably missed that, and next time around I'll be looking out for that warning sign so I can anticipate it sooner? Well, I think there was a point where we probably made some hires that were less than ideal, and right. uh, um, I think when you start to do that, you've got to look and say, what are we really hiring for? Because for some reason this person didn't work out and I missed something. And, you know, everyone's going to have some of those. But, you know, if you have two or three that are kind of in a row, I think that that lends itself to you're missing something and you need to take a look at the at least your hiring system, what you're really providing for your employees and how you're going about that. So just to clarify then, then the, the growth in the business was causing you guys to maybe – just get people into positions rather than really vet for quality? Yeah, I think or what it does is it changes your lens just a little bit to where maybe we were more picky to begin with and maybe not as much because we had an underlying need, but not conscious that you were actually doing that. I think that's right. the hard part as a business owner. Subconsciously, you may be making allowances that you normally wouldn't have, yeah. um, and so, yeah, that, that and, be, I think that becomes a little bit difficult. And then it shows itself then by hiring someone that just doesn't really fit in with your organization. What were some of the implications that you guys saw as, as you noticed, okay, we've got some people in here that are not, they're not a fit, they're not working, and we've got turnover, and we're going to have to get some different people in here. Are there, were there any other implications that you were seeing? As a result of that. Well, you know, first and foremost, the patients are affected to where maybe there wasn't the best outcomes that you wanted, you know, and then because of that, then that particular therapist schedule may not fill up as much, you know, interactions with physicians and feedback from physicians in terms of what's taking place with some of their patients. Um, and then there's the interactions with the coworkers and the management team, and some of those may be less than ideal. And yeah. then ultimately what happens is, is that the business starts to be affected. You know, I've always subscribed to, once I read it, I read this probably about three years ago, the definition of culture being shaped by the worst behavior the leader is willing to tolerate. So <laughs> what happens is, is that you have some behaviors that nobody really had before, and some of them are coming forward with maybe some of these new employees, and you're like, am I willing to tolerate that? Because that ultimately is going to define my culture. So... Yeah, you have to be aware of those things, and I, we kind of learned a lesson from that. So you've talked about, in some of the prior conversations, the metaphor of kind of healing and training and working with the athletes and, and recognizing a connection to running a business. Explain your perspective more there. So, yeah, that's interesting because, you know, my background is in science and the human body. And if you look at the human body and what we do, obviously we all know exercise is good, activity is good. And same thing with business. You know, a business needs to have amount of activity. If that business becomes sedentary at all, then the business probably isn't going to succeed just as a human body. So, you know, when you look at small businesses, you hear 
different thoughts on it. You know, it's like, is it a sprint? Is it something you're doing for the long haul? And if you look at the human body, um, you know, this is kind of the perspective I take now is that the human body, we've all heard like, hey, cardiovascular exercise, endurance exercise is great for you, biking, jogging, running, those types of things. Um, and it is good for you, but what they're finding now too is that interval training is better for you in some regards. So interval training means that you get your heart rate up to, you know, 85, 90% of its max for a short period of time, and then you're back down to like 60 or 70% of your heart rate um, for a longer period of time, two to four minutes. So 30 seconds interval, two to four minutes for um, less than the inter- or less than the max heart rate. And so you're going up and down, up and down, up and down. And what some of the more recent research has shown is that that makes more changes in your muscles. It actually can affect your brain and actually can grow um, new brain cells, neurogenesis. So they're finding out a lot of things can take place with this interval training that you normally don't get with more of this endurance training. So when I look at a business, I looked at our business, when I look back on it, I realized that it was more of the intervals that we ended up being successful than the endurance. And by that, I mean that we went through periods of rapid growth and it was high growth, but then you have to take a step back and let the body rest, let things calm down a little bit, and then you go through high growth and then you let the body relax a little bit. And I think that's been more successful for us because you have to take advantage of the opportunities that come than just the slow and steady race. Because honestly, I don't think very many small businesses succeed with a slow and steady race slow and steady pace, kind of that endurance training, because unfortunately, the way the world works now, it's just you've got to be ready, you've got to grow high, but then you've got to make sure you take a step back, because if you just rev your engines too hard, you'll just end up burning out. And talk about that, that taking a step back. W- were you ever able to do that and feel comfortable with it, or was it being consumed with, oh my gosh, we're not growing, and lie awake at night thinking about how you're going to get back to that high growth phase? Right. It is, I mean, I think in the beginning it was a little bit uncomfortable, but then once we started to realize there's a pattern where there's high growth and then you take a step back and then high growth and step back, I really think that taking a step back is that allows you to prepare for future opportunities. And essentially that's the definition of luck, right? You're prepared when an opportunity knocks. So um, we started to see that pattern that there would be a little bit of a step back, but then we would just take off again. And then we step back and then we'd take off again. And I think as long as we went into everything with that mindset of that things are going to rapidly grow again, we're just preparing ourselves for that, I think that allows you also to be able to focus on the bigger picture. Because if when you take a step back, if you think of that as being scarcity of like, oh my goodness, we're taking a step back and this can't happen um, and we're going to, you know, this isn't going to be good for the business in the long run, well, Research shows that once you get into that mindset, you have a very narrow view of things and you don't really allow yourself to be able to be open to some of these other opportunities that are going to be coming down the road. To, to, to that point, because I think that, that uh, and this gets back to your, one of your behaviors of, of evolving as a leader and, and challenging the mindset. What are you doing now? Because you've now uh, exited from the core. And what are you doing now to challenge your thinking? And what, like, what, what's on your reading list right now, Don? So it's interesting. I've, you know, to challenge myself right now, I'm doing more project-based work. And 
it allows me to take a step back and to see kind of what's needed from a healthcare standpoint. I've talked to a couple orthopedic surgeons. I've gotten feedback from them in terms of what we do on the PT side. And they're like, this is, this is awesome because we've never had someone to be able to just talk to us and take a step back and see how are all these pieces working together. And that's one of the things I like to do is take these different types of pieces and bring them into a system that then allows healthcare to work better based on having at least a base level of foundational knowledge that people can pivot off. And also to make sure there's clarity in terms of what the expectations are, whether it's a patient who's had a hip surgery or patients who have an ACL surgery, make sure that everybody's on the same page. Um, so that kind of goes along with some of the leadership reading that I've enjoyed doing um, in the past, you know, Harvard Business Review, and they've got a great book series on that. I've also read Switch. I'm also reading Made to Stick by Heat Brothers. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm also reading a book called Redesigning Your Life. So it allows you, it's actually a very good book out of uh, two professors, I think, out of Berkeley that talk about looking at your life in the terms of like the way that designers and engineers tend to look at things and to really see what makes you tick in terms of what, what you don't feel like you can give a lot of energy to, but you don't feel like it drains you. And so that's been insightful, too, of going into that. What is it that I really enjoy doing, and where do I feel like my talents are uh, um, best utilized? So that's something I'm reading. And then for recreation reading, I guess I'm reading A Man Called Ove, which is actually a great book. Um, as I'm getting older, it's about a crusty old guy that actually has some <laughs> – he's not what he seems like on the surface. And, and right. going back, and he presents himself a certain way, and you're like, man, there's no way I'd want to talk to this guy or act with this guy because he sounds like a pain in the rear. But you see what his history is and what he's willing to do for people around him, even though he doesn't really express that. It's a pretty good read. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So maybe as a way to, to kind of wrap this up, whether it's counseling somebody – who is about to start their own physical therapy practice or some other business, if you were to do it again, what, what's one thing you would definitely do again and one thing you would definitely not do again? I'd say first and foremost, you have to start with the end in mind. And it's easier said than done. I think that, you know, what I know, what, personally what I wanted to do was start a business that allowed people to achieve their potential, but also for me to allow me to be able to spend time with my family. And so those two guiding principles always dictated what I did within the business. Um, and even when we exited the business, it just it made decisions easier for me because those are my two guiding principles. You know, I, I joke all the time, like I'd take my son when we were going out to eat and, you know, on the kid's menu, it gives you a little maze on the back. And so, you know, my son, told some, we, in the beginning, he would start from the beginning and kind of figure out and he hit a block and they have to reverse and back up and go another way. And I told him, I said, why don't you start at the end and work your way backwards and that'll actually be easier, do the maze basically in reverse. And I think that's very important in life. It's just if you have a goal at the end, work backwards from how you're going to get to that goal. And then you're going to realize what it is that you can do in the business to help you reach that goal. And there's going to be pivots you're going to have to do. But if you always know where you're trying to go, that's going to be much easier. Otherwise, you're going to be scattered all over the place. So that's something I'd highly recommend for any business owner. In terms of um, what not to do, I think it kind of goes along the same lines. If you don't know what you want to accomplish, if you don't know what your end goal is, 
um, in terms of what you're providing or what you want to be able to get from the business in the end, then I think that you're going to be rudderless and it's going to be painful learning for you. Yeah, it reminds me of, a, of an old saying, if you don't know where you're going, all roads will get you there. Right. Yes. <laughs> Which True. is nowhere. It is. I mean, it's right. It's, it's nowhere. It's like you're not going to be, I mean, that, or you're going to be, you know, you're going to be pushed along with other people whose interests may not necessarily align with yours. I mean, I was fortunate that we, you know, I had a great business partner and we had a great leadership team. But I think because of having the clear expectation of where we wanted to go um, in terms of the business and what we wanted to accomplish, that allowed us to be able to move in that direction. And, you know, and, and when, we, when we exited the business, we weren't planning to exit the business at that time. Um, it's just those, that's how it happened to work out. But it also jived with what our uh, um, guiding principles were at that time and where we started from. Awesome. Well, we will wrap it for now. Uh, no doubt much more, I'm sure, could be said. And um, leave it at here for now. And if those of you that would like to uh, check out Don or follow up with him, you can uh, find him on LinkedIn uh, under Don Diamond, D-O-N-N-D-I-M-O-N-D. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Don, at D-O-N-N underscore Diamond, D-I-M-O-N-D. PT, as in physical therapy. All right, Don, thank you. This has been awesome. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, thank you. Have a great Alrighty. day. Well, that was a lot of fun interviewing Don this week, and we'll definitely do it again. So until then, be well and consider this. If you're trying to achieve something truly remarkable in your business, then what got you here won't get you there. It takes a revolution, an idea revolution. <laughs>